Welcome back, Zebras, to the show. Thank you once again, as always, for joining me. It just means a lot to me that you actually listen to the show. If you like what I do, please subscribe, rate, review on iTunes or whatever platform that you check out this podcast on. And if you want my my social platforms to say something to me, you can go to robzradio.com, robzradio.com. The first thing you're going to see on the page are all my social media and podcast links. You can click on any of those and find me on any of those platforms. I put out lots of daily videos and daily content, uh, lots of leadership stuff, also lots of goofy stuff. So you can also find out about my, my radio show that I do on a daily basis, which is, is another extension of my personality, Ray Overdorf. This is his, I believe, fourth appearance now on the podcast. I just had him on episode 391, and now he's on 399. I like to bring Ray back a lot because I just love talking to the guy. He's taught me so much. He's helped me grow so much, and I like to share him with you because he really introduced me to the idea that you have 80,000 thoughts per day and about 95% of those old th- of those 80,000 thoughts are old. We're repeating the same patterns over and over and over again. It's hard to change. And why is it hard to change? And I, I've been through and still am going through situations that are hard to get out of and change from. And I was always like, why? Why is it so tough to change this stuff? It's because we repeat the same things in our head. 80,000 thoughts a day, most of them are the same old thoughts. So listen, Ray is a master of this. Ray has been through this. He talked about somebody who has their 10,000 hours in. He probably has his 100,000 hours in. The guy's a guru. So you can go back to episode 361 of the podcast, episode 351 or 391 to hear more from Ray. But today, we're going to talk about something that Ray introduced to me last week when I was talking to him. Well, he didn't introduce it last week, but he really helped me to understand it last week. The creative process, okay? The creative process is the most essential thing in life because to create things out of nothing is what our entire world, our entire existence, our country, our ecostructure, our economy, everything is based on creating something out of nothing. And where does that nothing come from? Everything in this world is energy. And that energy can be created into material form. This might sound nuts. You would, If you would have said this to me 10 years ago, I would have been like, you're a crazy person and I'm never going to talk to you again. But through people like Ray and through just paying attention to successful people, I've learned new things that have changed the way that I think it'll, it, they've changed the way that I'll think forever. And in the best ways possible, you've got to get around people who know more than you and who are willing to share and who aren't BSing you. They're the real deal. And Ray's one of those guys, okay? He is one of those guys who is the real deal. He is one of those people who will put new thoughts in your brain that will change those 80,000 thoughts per day. I'm telling you right now. So (coughs) I choked on my own spit. I'm getting so excited. When it comes to the creative process, I'll just give you this overview. We're going to talk about today, and please, trust me, this is real because I've been experiencing it in my own life, taking an idea, which to me, the way Ray explained it, is like water vapor. It's there, it's in the mist, but you can't really feel it and touch it. Taking that idea and turning it into a concept, that concept is more like water. You can see it, you can feel it, you can touch it, but you really can't grab a hold of it. And taking that concept and turning it into its material form, when it becomes that material form, like ice, it is actually able to be seen, held, and touched, and is tangible. So idea, concept, to material, water vapor, to water, to ice. 
And that's just giving you an idea, a beginning here, because what we're going to jump into is pretty deep. You may have never heard this stuff before. You may think, well, this is a bunch of BS, and it may blow your mind all at the same time. And I just, I want you to stick with it. I want you to trust in what we're talking about, because Ray knows for sure, and I'm learning to figure out how real this stuff is. Hey, shout out to my man, Jake Over. Jake Over created all the music on this podcast. Any music you hear is from my dude, Jake over. Find him on Facebook. Think about the thought of strategic recklessness. I love the idea of strategic restlessness. A lot of us are too safe in our lives. We're too safe. Sometimes you've got to jump outside of the box, get a little crazy, shake things up, and, and break the mold. Either your mold or the, the mold that other people have designed. But you have to have a strategy, and you have to have a plan before you get reckless. Only chase things that you're passionate about and you have competence in. And you can change your life and other people's lives. Serve, give value through your passions. All right? One dude who's done that his entire career is Diamond Dallas Page. DDP Yoga. Diamond Dallas Page. Former wrestler, professional wrestler from back in the 90s. Had a wrecked body. Created this amazing yoga platform that I've been using for over three years. I... Am like in, uh, I, I like shout from the rooftops about it. What's the term? Like in, I'm like evangelical about it. Is that the right term to use? I don't know. An evangelist. There we go for DDP yoga. DDP yoga is, is incredible, especially if you're a guy and you're like, I'm not doing yoga. That's for ladies. You'll figure out real quick that yoga is for everybody. Trust me. DDPyoga.com. Try it. You'll see, and then you'll never doubt it again. Let's get rolling with Ray. Here we go. Get your thinking caps on. Get your brain ready. You might want to run, write some of this stuff down. Get a piece of paper. This is Rob Z Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Once again, Ray Overdorf here joining me. Uh, episode number four, I think, with you, or five? I'm losing I think count. it's four. Four? You have a better idea than I do. You always know the episode numbers. So, <laughs> maybe not today. <laughs> today, I'm excited. This is going to be a really fun one, and I hope my, my hope for this is that it's not too heavy for people to understand, but my hope is also it's heavy enough that you get something out of it. How, while you're listening to this, just know that uh, this is something that's impacted me just recently. Last week when you explained this to me, it really had a huge impact on me, and it finally clicked the creative process for me, taking something from an idea to a concept to a material physical thing that happens in real life. And this is going to be a lot of maybe information for somebody who's never <clears throat> dove in, who's never checked out this world, who's never uh, inspected how things become created in a process. How things become things. How things. Yeah. <laughs> how well, material we've heard all of that. becomes material. Yeah. yeah. So, first of all, let me. Okay. So, the idea of this podcast, Ray, what I've changed it to is be the teacher you, you, you needed, right? So, the idea is going from. Something you've recently learned that you wish you could have applied to your life when you were young. And for you, I would you could probably have 10 episodes on things that you've learned that you could apply when you were 10, 15, 20 years old. Is there something just pop into your head that you wish rec- that you learned recently the past year or a couple of years that you wish you would have applied many years ago? Yeah, I think I think the barrier between uh, the duality of self, you know, the ego self and the spiritual self. 
recognizing that we have that capability. Most people never get there. They may get glimpses of it, but it's not because of design. It's because of default mm. in most cases. And so uh, the creative process really speaks to that in some ways. So I, th- I think that, uh, but that, that, would be, that would be one right there, which yeah. is being able to, uh, we have this internal mechanism that a lot gives us the ability to create whatever it is that we desire in life. We also have the capability of sabotaging the creation of whatever it is that we want in life. Mm -hmm. And it's the same process. It's just a different end of the, it's a different polarity of the same thing. So if you say, I want to be a millionaire, and if at the same time, in your mind, due to the, the false interpretations of your life experience and all the downloads that you've gotten, you say, well, there's no way, Rob, that that's ever gonna happen for you. First of all, you're not up for it, you're not worthy of it, and yeah. and you start down all the fears and the doubts. And here are the, the million reasons why. The re- reasons <laughs> why. So what you've just done is you've just nullified that, that first request. With the same process that created the first request, you've nullified it with the second. Mm-hmm. And everybody, and people do that all the time. So, <clears throat> I've done it my whole life. You know, yes, and, a lot and of everyone have, does. And you don't even know you're doing it. No. So, this discovery, there's a couple of things that I've discovered recently that I really can't communicate well today because people wouldn't get them. They wouldn't be in context. But I do want to put some context around the creative process. And mm-hmm. that starts with number one. And let me just say before you start that, I, I just want to lay a groundwork here for everybody listening to this. So if this doesn't make any sense to you, say you're listening to this and you're like mind blown or you think it's all BS or you think it's like that movie The Secret or the book The Secret. For me, 10 years ago, I probably never would have believed any of this stuff myself. I've been like, this is woo-woo, crazy talk. And then the further down the path I've gone, I'm like, oh, wow, it is finally starting to make sense. So if you hear this and you're already on that path and you probably know what we're talking about, if you hear this and it's completely foreign to you and it sounds crazy, listen, I was there also, and Ray was there at one point too, I'm sure, you have to give it time and you got to start studying it and looking into it and help. that'll help you figure out exactly what it is that we're talking about because I'm still on this path. Obviously, Ray, you're still on this path much further along than I am, but I want to give that framework. So if this seems overwhelming to you or ridiculous to you, Trust me, it's not. It just seems like it is because you've never put this into your brain and tried to to process it. I'm sorry for that, for cutting you off there. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was important to kind of put that footnote on it there. It is, and, that, and, that, and that's fine. Now, um, so I wanted to set some context as well, which I think may help understanding the creative process. And, and, and the first thing I wanted to talk about was, I wanted to talk about everything is energy. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody's heard that. Everybody knows that to some degree, varying degrees, but they really don't know that. What does it mean? Yeah. What does everything as energy mean? And what it really means is that there is an energy that permeates everything, including the space between everything. That energy has an intelligence about it. It has the capability of accepting uh, stimuli from without, and responding thereto. 
this table, this desk, that whatever, it's all energy. If you look at it close enough, you'll see that it's vibrating. Mm -hmm. It has a resonance about it. It's all uh, particles with light reflecting off of them. Yeah, and so everything, everything, is. everything that exists is energy. So if we can accept that fact that everything is energy, everything vibrates, everything has a resonance, an amplitude, an amplitude, thought is the ultimate energy. Mm -hmm. Thought becomes the stimulus for the creation of its material likeness. Now, people are gonna say, well, I'm not quite buying that because a lot of our thoughts are of a memory nature and not of a creative nature. Yeah. But they are creative. The second uh, concept that I wanna lay down is the fact of form and non-form. Form, by its virtue of the fact that it is form, takes up space, which means that it also can be seen linear, linear through time. In other words, by the virtue of the fact that it takes space, it also takes time. The measurement of its movement is time. Mm. Thought, on the other hand, does not take up any space. So because thought does not take up space, thought does not is not linear bound by space and time. Mm -hmm. So it's universal. Mm. There is no end point. There's no beginning. There's, there's no, no end. beginning. There's no end. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. So those two things create kind of a backdrop or at least a context for, for the creative process. And I want to add in to go along with that. So this is something I put on my Instagram a couple of days ago that uh, really helped me to understand this better. So it's from the book uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, uh, Becoming Supernatural. I've been just like blown away by this book and his work has been just amazing to me it's really been helpful and he talks about the visible light spectrum okay so the visible light spectrum is what everything that we can see so the visible light spectrum is where we perceive the various array of colors present in this world that we live in now those colors make up less than one percent of all of the frequencies of light that exist so everything that we see and perceive in our you know physical world is less than one percent of all of the frequencies of light that exist in the known universe. So that means the majority of frequencies are beyond our perception. Therefore, most of our known reality in this universe cannot be seen or experienced by our senses. So that, and you think about that, like you have radio waves, you have gamma rays, you have x-rays. You can't see these things, but they're there, and we're in this spectrum. So this visible light spectrum that we're in is, is a very small, less than 1% of a percentage which means that what we're talking about here today, this creative process of creating something out of what appears to be nothing, it's not nothing. It's just that we can't, with our senses, perceive it. We can't actually touch it, feel it, smell it. You know, it's not there for our senses to experience. I think that's a, that helped for me to understand, oh, wow. Well, in order for us to see light, there has to be some form that stops that light. So 
all the things you're talking about that you don't see because they are formless. Yes. And the visible light spectrum is the only thing that can that light reflect, refracts off of. Yes. And that's where we live. That's the spot where we live in. Thought falls into that category. Mm-hmm. Creative thought falls into that category. Mm-hmm. Actually, creative thought is the highest form of vibration. Okay. And that's where we also get into the beta, uh, the beta, alpha, and theta states, right? And we're going to, that's, that's a piece of the puzzle here, I think, is that these different states. Well, we're, where, we're, we're, we're speaking in the beta state right now. Because we're speaking from memory. We're speaking from memory and the vibration that we're in is conscious. Mm-hmm. We're using our conscious mind to speak. And so we're, we're thinking through our memory. And that's where we're at. We're in we're in beta, beta brainwave. Okay. Uh, if we're watching TV, could very easily be focused alpha. Maybe you're reading a book. Could very easy there. The the transition takes place in theta, and that's when we we kind of step off. That's when you're letting the 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 collective consciousness come in. And you're you're tapping into that. Well, you're in a position to influence. So let, let me just kind of talk a little bit about that. The the idea of of uh, <clears throat> how the conscious, which is the objective mind, interacts with this the subjective mind, which is the subconscious mind, which is the. Um, means by which we can communicate with the universal mind. Mm-hmm. So, and this is this is tricky, but this is important. We think that we can just we can just communicate with the universal mind. Not true. We communicate with the universal mind through the subjective mind. Mm-hmm. The properties of the subjective mind and the properties of the universal mind are in harmony. So if we, and, and the, the subjective mind is very sensitive to suggestion. And this has been proven out through hypnosis. Because hypnosis, what it does is it puts the conscious mind in abeyance with your permission. And it allows me to communicate directly with your subjective or subconscious mind. Mm then you physically will respond to that stimuli just as if you were giving it to yourself. And that's how, in some situations, change can happen very quickly because you're letting your subjective mind be open to suggestion from either somebody or something. Yeah, and it's called a composite personality. When I can create, Mm. when I can be in harmony with you and I can create a composite with you, and I can create an agreement with you that what we're going to experience here is going to be in, in, in your best interest and in my best interest, and, and there's not going to be any harm that comes to you or to me, then you're in acceptance of that. And so temporarily you're going to set that, your judgment aside, and you're, you're, you're going to trust that I have your best interest and you'll proceed accordingly. And so through hypnosis, 
we've we've learned to understand how the subconscious subjective mind actually takes its cues from the from the conscious mind. An example would be of let's say that somebody says, you know, my grandfather had a heart attack when he was 62. My father had a heart attack when he was 61. Hmm. My uncle was 64. You know, I'm now 55. In all probability, if you look at the terrain, the inductive reasoning, and the, and the conscious mind reasons inductively, it takes a series of inputs and create, finds the commonality between those and comes to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Once that conclusion has been accepted, then that becomes suggestion to the subjective mind. Mm-hmm. The subjective mind reasons deductively. So it takes the input and then manifests that input to its highest potential. Mm-hmm. So in other words, it takes heart attack, Right, okay. Need a heart attack before 65. Here's how it goes. And that might sound ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. It's, it's not ridiculous. And I, I'm going to drive that point home again because it's like that to a younger me would be ridiculous. Yes. But now I'm starting to understand how these thoughts and these patterns, which your mind does create patterns. That's what the brain does. It loves pattern recognition. So when it sees something like that, it's connecting the dots and being like, all right, well, that's what's going to happen. I got it. Yeah. One of the common traits of both the universal mind and this and the uh <clears throat> subconscious subjective mind is that they're both impersonal. They don't really care. Mhm. They're lawful, orderly. They do their job. Right. They don't care. They're imper- whereas on the other hand the conscious mind is very personal, ego is very personal. Yeah. And everything is about me, you know, about the phony me. Yeah. Yeah. So, Which is why we, <clears throat> I guess as an example, we get so much input throughout our lives consciously through our ego. That information is stored in our subconscious mind, which runs kind of without our knowledge. Yeah. Initially. Once it's been downloaded, then it becomes, it, 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 bec- it, so bec- it, it, it it's, it becomes the, the guiding light. So, so you're like, your subconscious mind does not care. No. What information has been inserted into it? No. It's just going to run that information how it is supposed to work. That's that, that's yeah. how that system works. Yeah. So if you can actively jump in on the conscious level and in, on the ego level and input the right information, that'll be put into your subconscious mind and you'll run on a new system, swapping uh, one for the other. Another commonality of the of the subjective subconscious mind and the, and the universal mind is that they both grow and expand is is their job mm. grow and expand grow and expand so we talked about one time you know in in the world of the universe and expansive universe yes means yes and no means yes mm. so everything that's communicated to the subjective mind is a yes whether you <laughs> when you explained that to me it didn't make sense at first but then i i got the idea that even if you if it's a yes or a no, if you're saying no, it's a yes to the universal mind. It's like, okay, well then that no is what's going to happen, right? Yes. If you want the yes to happen, that's what's going to happen. If it's no, that's not going to happen. 
then it's also a yes because that also yes. is going to be the way that things exactly. transpire. What's an example of that for <clears throat> in a practical manner? That's that's tricky to just say without some sort of. I would say how it plays out in most people's lives is resistance. Mm. In other words, let's say you have a relationship and somebody's giving you a bad time on the, in this relationship, and so you start resisting that relationship. So what happens to the relationship? It starts to fall apart. It continues to go it's that the same, same pattern route, as long as you resist it. But once you are open and involving and encompassing and appreciating, then that relationship begins to turn around mm-hmm. and starts to bring itself back. So, but as long as, and so most people experience it, what I see on a day in, day out basis is resistance. Yeah. Whether it's their boss, their friend, their spouse. We're always resisting something. The, the, the cashier at the supermarket, anybody, anything that they resist, they get more of. Because yes. what you're doing is you're bringing energy to that, what it is that you don't want. And so, so the subjective mind is saying, okay, I got it. This is something you want more of because it's impersonal. Right. It's doing its job only. You're putting attention to it, which causes it to stick. By the virtue of the fact that you presented it, you give it the resistance is the intention. Yeah. And the attention then allows it to manifest itself in your life. And the way, something that helped me to understand this also, this this guy, Michael Singer, uh, the book, The Untethered Soul, it helped me to really understand what that means. Think of all the things in your day that just kind of, go through you and don't affect you. Driving down the road, you see other cars, you see buildings, uh, you may say hi to somebody. All the things that happen in your day, put on your socks, whatever it is, get a shower, those things don't have any impact on you, so they just go through you. It's just the energy passes through you and nothing happens. But whenever something happens, like maybe somebody cuts you off in traffic or you say hi to somebody and they don't say hi back, or whatever that might be, then those things, you like resist that moment because you're like, that person cut me off, that scumbag, and that, that, then that signals to, your, it signals to your mind, hey, this is an important event. We should hang on to this thing. Even though you're like resisting that person, you've connected energy to it. You're like, I hate that person. I don't want to have them. Have. Then you got to chase them down and yell at them. Or you think in your head about yelling at them all day long. So now you've created a lot of attention to that thing and so that creates that energy to get stuck in you and become a part of your your subconscious. Am I is that correct? Yeah, and and how that works is <clears throat> you really choose the highest vibration. So if the high whatever the highest vibration is, that's what we choose to act upon. And you can do this consciously or it just happens and you well, it, it happens, it happens to happens you automatically, but yeah. even if you're doing it consciously, it's going to choose the highest vibration. So I have the opportunity within myself to to uh, put in a pause, and then I can re uh, recalibrate the vibration of something that I want to experience rather than what I was reacting to. Yeah, you can flip that feeling. I can change that feeling to another feeling, but ultimately, the the act or the behavior is going to be the highest vibration. Yes, and I, I think for an example, like with that person who cut you off. You have this terrible feeling about it. So say the the change could be, or the pause could be, just thinking about that person, not about you and how they've uh, made you angry and inconvenienced you. Like maybe that person's having a bad day. Maybe they 
have something terrible that happened to them. Maybe they're running, they have to get to the hospital because something's wrong. You could make up a bunch of different scenarios as to why that person did that to you that would relieve that tension that you have felt. And, so and then that you, thing will pass through you. So now you're feeling empathy and gratitude and compassion for that person. Mm-hmm. And that becomes the highest vibration. So then that's what you experience. Yeah. So that's still, and then you're letting that thing pass through you also. It's like, okay, I'm going to let that guy go yeah, or girl we, go. It didn't mean anything. didn't mean anything. It had nothing to do with you. It's no. just that no. we like to pretend that everything has something to do with us. It's The ego does, I guess. It the needs ego. that. Ego. It needs feeding. It, it's, it, it, like, it thrives on all anything it can get that, that puffs us up, makes us like feel important, more important, unique, different individuality. Yeah, and and that, that that's part of the challenge that we experience is the fact that, <clears throat> but the virtue of the fact that we everything is energy, by the virtue of the fact that that within everything that energy exists, that also means that everything is connected because it's the same source, the same energy. So what the ego likes is to be different, mm-hmm. independent. Mm-hmm. It wants to be special. Yeah. And so it does anything it can to be special. And that doesn't mean that it's evil. It just means no. that it's just it's it's a process that's built into our system for survival. Really. Survival. It's basically a survival technique. Which we don't necessarily need that much of anymore. No, but it's still there it's it's that's still in our, who we are yeah and and it's up to us to kind of manage beyond that and be gone so um well let's talk about <clears throat> the creative process now and, and if you guys want an image of this this is I, I put this image up on my instagram uh instagram rob z radio you can go there and see the creative process and you created this the image for this mm-hmm. so if you scroll through i posted it on i put it up on my instagram on April 26th of 2019, if you want to scroll back. And it'll say the creative process in big uh, letters, so you'll see it on there. When you see this thing, which when I first saw it, I'm like, what am I looking at? This doesn't make any sense to me. So I really hope that we can let people understand how an idea, something that comes from your imagination, which you, you've expressed to me many times, how the imagination is the most important. Knowledge is not the most important thing. Imagination is the most important thing. Now, imagination can add to your knowledge base, yes. but you can't add to your knowledge base without imagination. And, and, and the other important point here is that spiritual knowledge allows us to get closer to understanding and accessing this process. Mm-hmm. So any, any, anything that you can do to kind of elevate your knowledge of spirituality can be very beneficial, can be very helpful. Um, so the everything starts with an idea. So I think that's that's the point, and we don't we don't realize that. But if you look at your life, and you look at what you're experiencing on a day in day out basis, everything that we're experiencing was once an idea, was once non form. Whether it's material things that you have, whether it's relationships, or whether it's just you know. The challenges of everyday life. Mm-hmm. We create, we create that, and 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 we put it out there. Then it comes back to us. Mm-hmm. So the creative process, everything starts with an idea, a thought. We can make that thought anything we want it to be. We have the capability of doing that. 
And when we put that thought out using our imagination, we can actually take that thought and we can create an image of that thought. It's kind of like looking at a cloud as an example. I mean, that's not the image. But if you really were able to fly through a cloud, you would see that there's nothing there. Mm, yeah. It's just vapor. Yeah. But from a distance, it, it looks like there's form there. There yeah. isn't form. Now, <clears throat> the importance of thought is that thought is not limited. As I said earlier, thought is not limited by form and time, by space and time, because it's formless. Mm -hmm. So therefore... It can go anywhere. Thought can go anywhere. It can penetrate anything. And it's accessible anywhere. Accessible anywhere. We're talking the limits of the universe. Yeah. It can go anywhere. So that's how powerful thought is. So when you're able to <clears throat> find something in, in your life, whether it's whatever it is, something you want to accomplish, something you want to be, do, or have, or something you want to create, that you feel strongly about, you're able to bring emotion to that. Mm -hmm. And when you bring emotion to that, then what happens is that you elevate its ability to permeate throughout the universe. The emotion attaches to that thought and just intensifies it. Intensifies it. No, no question about it. Yeah. Then the next step in the process when you look at it is once we've done that, then we've got to begin to bring it back so that we can, whether we draw a picture of it or we make a sketch of it or we do a narrative of it, but eventually the narrative needs to turn into a blueprint. So you could use the example of building a house. You could say, you know, I've had this vision. I've had this image of a house I wanted to build. You go to a contractor and you try to communicate to him, but you can't do it. Mm -hmm. So he said, write some things out on a paper. So you do. You write some things out. I want this kind of a door. I want this type of, of, of wall covering. I want this type of structure, whatever. Yeah. And so you create some mental concepts around that image. He takes those mental concepts and he builds... A blueprint. Mm -hmm. So now you have something that's semi-tangible yeah. that you can work from and that he can then begin to acquire all the, all the parts that he needs in order to build that house to your spec or your image. Mm -hmm. That's how everything is created. And whenever you explain this to me, which helped me make, make sense of it, the more detail you have in your imagination, in your vision. Something comes from an idea, it comes from a thought, an image you created in your mind. The more detail you can add to that, the better off you're going to be in creating it. So you had explained it like, you know, say uh, you wanted, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a good example because he visioned, he, had, he was a visionary. He could see everything that he did before he ever yes. created it. So he said he would sit, lay there and he would, he would picture himself on stage. He would picture the crowd. He would picture the other bodybuilders every side of him. He would picture himself on the stage on the you know, first place platform with the, with the medal around his neck. And the more he put pieces to that and the more that you can attach real life scenarios, not just in the vision of the thing you want, but all the things that will be impacted by that thing that you do 
it makes that all the more real because then you're creating a real world around it. And it, it makes sense to me, to me for that, like in a video game. Like if you're playing a video game and you just have a character, when you just have a character, there's nothing really for that character to do. But the more you create a world around that character and the more things that a character can do in that world, the more real the game becomes because then you're putting all the pieces together. If it's just him running around in a white, well, wide open space, <clears throat> there's nothing there to to play with. We have that capability when we're young. We're very, very good to be able to visualize and actually you can play with all kinds of different images that you, that you create in your own mind. So we have that capability and we get educated and most of that's educated out of us and we start looking at the what I call the billiard ball world, you know, <laughs> and all we're doing is moving stuff around, you know. Yeah. When we lose that creativity that we we once had we're using that, what's physically here in this world instead of creating from creating things that aren't here right and and the other thing is we place limits on that mm -hmm. we place limits all over the place because a lot of those have been downloaded to us you can't do this you can't do that and so anytime it doesn't matter in the creative process you may have the greatest image in the world but if the other message that you're sending yourself is that this is not for you, you're not worthy of it, you're not capable, what makes you think you can accomplish that? So doubt and fear are also non-form thoughts. Yeah, just moving you in the opposite direction. And so what they do, they have a tendency to nullify. Mm -hmm. So if that doubt and fear is the strongest frequency compared to hope and gratitude or whatever that might be or whatever it is that you're seeking yeah then it's nullified and so it's not going to come true and that's where most people find themselves yeah most people feel that you know well i can i'd like to create this but i don't know if i can do it or not well it's over right in that instant it's you're done. done at that instant it's gone because it, you, you didn't even create the image yet and you already nullified whether or not because you're anything and this is where we have to get to. Anything that we can create in our mind as an image can become its physical manifestation. Now let's pause it right there for a second because say somebody's listening to this and they think like, I do have those negative thoughts. I think of a good idea or something that I could do to improve my life and then my I automatically step in and say, and they might not even think it's their mind stepping in, they think it's just them stepping in, this is who I am, I am this negative person, I have this job that I can never get out of, I have this mindset that I can never get out of. So what would you say to them in a beginning period? What is a step, a practical step you could take, a pause you could put in, in that moment when those negative thoughts pop up, what's the pause, what is an action you can take to Switch well, I think one of the on on the short term, I think the best action is is that's not me. Mm. That's just the program. Mm -hmm. That's the conditioning. That's the the result of the hypnosis of social conditioning. That's the interpretations. And the interpret most of the interpretations that we're living with are all false. And to you some degree. And you could recognize in that moment, like, okay, I just thought this negative thought, but I can also in the same sense think of this positive thought i have the ability to think of both i've yes. just thought of the negative thought more and it's been more prevalent in my life than this positive thought so that's they're both there it's not like i am this negative thing that's just the one i think of the most and it's the way my neural pathways 
they go towards that much faster than they go towards something yeah, because that's good. Because when you're trying to change, the object of change is you've got to create that inductive reasoning that allows you to come up with a new concept that's now passed on to your, into your subjective mind. Mm-hmm. So it was like the heart attack issue we just talked about, you know. But the person could reverse that by looking at each one of those assumptions that led to his conclusion and reverse them in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, but I eat very healthy. I exercise every day. I do, you know, and I know somebody who lived beyond it and, and create a whole new scenario so that you get a new conclusion. Yeah. Because the conclusion that's passed as a suggestion to this to the uh, subjective mind is what carries itself out into its manifestation. And also, as you're hearing this, you may be thinking to yourself, well, I do think those positive things, but they don't stick. I think those positive things, thinking it's going to change things, and they don't stick. Well, and this this is a great example just for myself. Like, I, this happens to me all the time. I do that, and I'm like, I know I have to think positive. I've got to swap these thoughts out for these thoughts. It's not going to happen, depending on your age, right? I mean, I'm 35, so it's been 30, well, maybe like 30. It's, since I've been like really into this and starting to understand it, it's maybe 32 or 33 years of my life where I thought negatively, right? So it's like this, I want this thing to happen, but how could that ever happen? I'm this person that doesn't do those sorts of things. So you've thought that all those years, all of a sudden, those, those positive thoughts aren't going to stick. That's not going to happen overnight. Now, for some people, it might. You might have some sort of great revelation where it does happen overnight. But for most people, it's going to be years of that process. So you're going to slip back and your brain's going to go back to that old process because that's what it knows. That's the, the common pattern it's been on. The, well, the interesting thing is that the research data su- says that 78% of our conditioning is of a negative nature. For survival, right? That's right. mainly the reason because back before how our lives are so easy now, back in the day you had to worry about being attacked or dying or getting food or just you had to survive there's not much in in the in first world countries there's not much worry of being able to survive anymore so we have these old patterns that we're building for survival that aren't really applying to the life we live but here's the confirmation of that if you look at dr david hawkins work on map of consciousness 78 percent of the world population is below 200 on the map of consciousness Mm mm-hmm and I'll put actually, which is all the negative. I'm going to put up that map of consciousness in that same Instagram post, Rob Z Radio on Instagram. So if you see the uh, creative process, I'll put an image in there of the map of consciousness too, so you can see both and what the so what uh, that is all about. The uh, because most people I talk to have never heard of that, have never seen it. No, no idea, and I didn't know until about a year ago when you showed it to me. Yeah. So, so 78 percent of the population is below. Mm-hmm. These are all negatives. Toxic to what did you say the percentage was, the percentage was seventy eight percent of the world population and those things are let me see that list here so some of those things are uh, shame evil guilt blame despair anxiety fear grief frightening tragic disdain anger hate aggression inflation. This sounds like our country <laughs> reading through these, right? Uh, and then even 
even like at the middle ground, so the middle ground before you get into the higher levels of the map of consciousness are uh, feasib- feasible and courage and affirmation and empowerment. So even uh, pride is one that's on the negative side, um, which I find surprising. Like I wouldn't think pride would be there, but it's there. Like that's a lower level of yes of living of consciousness. So there's and I mean, how many of these do you live in? Right, if you're listening to this, like vindictive, condemning, disdainful, denying, vengeful. I mean, man, blame, humiliation. How many of us live in despair and withdrawal? And, and I mean, it's insane and regret. Like, now my, jump my up goodness. to the level of uh, love. So on the level of love, yeah, you have. Uh, loving, wise, complete, benign, meaningful, joy, reason, serenity, reverence, understanding, revelation, forgiveness, acceptance, harmonious. 4% of the population. That's 4% that live in that. Is the consciousness at 500 or above. So a lot of us probably have a little bit of both. Right, or I guess yes. a lot of us have a lot of one and, and and a little bit of the other, and it's all through changing out one for the other that you can swap out the bad for the good, or you can do the vice versa. I don't know why you'd want to go good to bad, but you could do that too if you wanted to. The, the consciousness level of the entire um, pick your uh, mic world. up a little bit. The consciousness level of the entire uh, world right now is at two oh seven, which is at the level of neutrality just above uh, courage. So most of the world is living at just kind of yes. and in the you, middle. If you look at the behaviors, it's easy to see. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not like, oh, you know, newsflash here. We can see it very easily. What did it used to be? Do you know, like, what, when did it become neutrality? What was it before? Are we rising up? We were at 190 for years and years and years and years. And in 1985, and nobody seems to know exactly why, but it jumped to to one oh. It's either uh, two oh seven or two oh nine. So things are actually getting better. Slightly better, slightly. Because there's more people, or because there's more access to good technology, and, to good information. Since since this book was written, what book was that? The, power versus that's force. That's power versus force. Since this book was written, I would say that it's probably bumped up just a slight bit. Which was in the 90s? I think Power Versus Force was like 95. It took them 25 years to write it, so probably 95, somewhere around there. And and, and so I think because just if, by virtue of what I see, I, I see more and, and our means of communication. So information is flowing more freely, more people are buying in, and more people are... are, are no, getting a higher level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Had we stayed below 200, then that would have been detrimental to the survival of of mankind. Yeah, man, I, it's so it's weird to think. Like looking at the world we're in now, people always complain about kids. Oh, the kids are on their phones all the time. They don't know how to communicate with anybody. Yet at the same time, they have this uh, un it's just an unheard of access to great information and to great people and to positivity you know so you can really use 
your social media platforms, whatever you're doing online, as, as a means to enlighten yourself and to be more around, be around, even if in your normal life you're not around positive people, you can in your online life be around positive people. If you well, I think that's a great point that you're making there because you have this media that we didn't have before. Mm-hmm. So in much of what is happening on social media is not of a positive nature. Yeah. So if they look at anybody that's listening, they look at this and say, what would I like to experience in my life? What level of consciousness would I like to experience? And they begin to share that level of expression because in, inherent in the expression, the act or the communication is the consequence of that communication. Mm-hmm. And the consistency that you put yourself in that world is the consistency w- with which you're going to experience that. So if you're constantly demeaning other people and putting other people down and criticizing them on social media, then you're going to receive the same thing. Because mm-hmm. you're bringing that towards yourself. You're, you're drawing that to you. And in, in a sick way, you kind of enjoy it. You, yeah, you're attracting that to you because you get to throw it out and you get it back. But if you start looking for ways to express positively, and express at the highest level of consciousness that you can reach to and begin to put that out, then you'll start seeing that kind of, those kinds of things coming back to you. Mm-hmm. So the media isn't positive or negative. It's how we choose to use the media yeah. that determines whether it's positive or negative. And I think that the old forms of media, if it was just cable television, it was a lot of negativity. And you didn't really have a choice no. when you were consuming so now you have this choice in consumption, which is a beautiful thing, and it, it's so new that I, I don't think we recognize it. And and flipping it back into the creative process, like just think about. I, I think this might this kind of clicked with me, but like you could use the internet, you could use your Instagram or your Facebook or whatever platform it is as an example of how you can create a new creative process. Like your thought is, oh, I want to be happier i want to be around more positive people i want to learn more i want because it doesn't make you feel good to hate it might feel good in the moment but really when you feel you know when you're positive and you love other people and you want to help other people and you listen to positive information you have a an overall good feeling at all times so if you have the idea i want to be this better person and then so when you look at this creative process if you look at it on my instagram you have the idea the ethereal part and then to the astral part, which is the concept, the mental form, social media could be your concept. It could be your mental form, right? You could take that idea that you have of, I want to be this better person. I need more positivity in my life. You could find those people on social media that are really positive and that have obviously done something amazing in their lives and impacted somebody else's life. You can design your platform to only see those people. You can turn your notifications for that person. So when that person posts, you see that right away. And that, from, from from putting that into your life more and more and more, that becomes like your blueprint. I want to be like these people. So you'll start to live out your life like that. And you'll draw more people to you like that. More people like that, yeah. And then, so, so then the, the material corporal reality, which is the third part, now you're actually that person. And if enough people do that, you can actually influence how the media responds. Yeah. Because they start seeing, they start seeing social media differently. And, and and so the actual, the power is always with the people if we know how to use it. Mm-hmm. And so the media that we have available to us today in social media gives the vehicle that the people have needed 
for eons in order to express that power. Mm-hmm. It's just we there's an incubation period and learning how to use it positively, not using it for the benefit of the ego, but using it positively for for their own well-being and for the well-being of others. Yeah. And the goal has to be growth and the well-being of mankind. And, and you're like the, the saying, it, if it bleeds, it leads in the news. Whatever people get the most excited about or is the most attractive to them, that's what the media will focus on. Yes. So if we flip the paradigm to we love all this positive information, it's making us feel better, it's growing our, our culture, kids are happier, people are happier, uh, then that's going to lead to the media showing more of that. It's just that we've, it, it's easy to be really excited about, like if you see a car crash, everybody looks. You know, but if you see somebody saving somebody's life, you also look at that too. Yes, I guess it's just easier to look at the car crash because it's oh, it's easy to create both we're, of those. We're conditioned. Yes, the conditioning. We're conditioned for war, destruction. We're con- yeah, we're conditioned for all of that. You know, so whether that was consciously yeah. de- designed or not. Um, and you, so when you explained this to me, which helped me to understand it a lot, you explained it in water vapor to water to ice. Which, which helped me to really understand this creative process. Like water vapor is the idea, which you said like a yes. cloud. Yes, the cloud. It's the there. Water vapor. It's, yeah. it's vapor. It's not fully formed yet, but it's, it's visible. You know, it, there's, there's something there. And the, the astro would be the water. Right. The, the water vapor turned into something uh, physical. And then, and then and the ice would actually be the manifestation of that. And the, the water's like, it's, it's physical, you can touch it, but you can't grab it. No. But then once it becomes ice, that's when it's like a that, real thing. It's physical form. Now it has physical form. Yeah. And that, so it's a, it's a metaphor, but it's, you know, helps understand what's going on. I think that was oh. a, a good one for me to, to help that stick. So let's get on through the, the path you have of the one through seven steps. Like everything starts as an idea. Using your imagination to create an image. Wrap that image in emotion. Let's pause there for a second, because how do you talk about yourself personally? How do you do that? Wrapping an image in emotion. Give an example of something you've done that with, and I've been doing that lately myself, so I could give an example. But like, well, what does it look like? I mean, when you would say, "What does it look like? What does it feel like?" Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the the feeling is a much higher vibration than than what we see. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you look at so if you can feel it. No, when you look at thought, belief, feeling, the feeling has a higher vibration, a higher amplitude. Therefore, it sticks. Yeah. Well, it, 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 let's say for an example, and I don't know the numbers exactly, but let's say it might be five times or, or ten times higher vibration uh, or intense vibration than would just be the image. The the image that you have, but the emotion then adds to that. Mm-hmm. So if we can bring emotion, what color is it? And what does it feel like? What does it look like? What's the experience that you're experiencing having achieved whatever that is that you're, or having accomplished whatever it is that you've set out to accomplish? Mm-hmm. So once you, can, once you can do all of those, you've, you've brought emotion to it. So that shortens the time frame. Yeah. See, once you move into the non-form stage, 
there are no time limits, so it's just an incubation period, whatever that incubation period might be. It might that not can, be the speed you want it. It's going to be whatever it is. It may is. be beyond or it could be less depending yeah. on how well you're able to stay focused on it and bring that emotion to it, the, the feeling. Everybody's had that experience. Everybody's had something that they really wanted, they really focused on, and 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 they wanted it really bad, and they had a lot of positive emotion around it, and they, and it happened. Mm-hmm. I'm sure yourself, you can think think of something that that went that way. Well, I, it's, uh, most the most recent example is uh, jumping back onto the radio and having the show that I have. I had, you know, at a, at a conference, um, Ty Lopez. I was at his conference, and he was talking about you know finding your superpower. Like you've got to. That thing that you you're passionate about and you you really have competence towards, you should spend sixty to eighty percent of your day on that thing. And in that conversation, I thought, like, man, what is my superpower? Like, where would that land? And I, it obviously went to being uh, broadcasting, to, to being a radio DJ. I've been doing it for eighteen years at that point, and I had stopped because I jumped into social media marketing. And I thought like radio was this thing that. Eh, it was I did it, but I didn't love it. But it turned out I just didn't love the company. I did love the thing that I was doing, and that I loved the feeling that it gave me and the results that I got from it. So I, you know, I don't even know if I consciously did the creative process, but I kept picturing like, man, what would it be like for me to be back on the radio? What would it look like for me to be back and doing that? How would I feel, or how did I feel when I was doing that show? And I felt great. It's like I love doing that show. It made me feel really good, and it was fun, and I it gave me creative energy, and it really brought out the creativity in me. And so through that, and I didn't really make any steps to get back into radio. I didn't like plan anything. I just got a message from a, a local radio station asking me, "Hey, would you ever want to get back on the air?" You know, it was just kind of like out of the blue. And then I threw at them my concept of how it could work, which was kind of like doing the show for myself, getting my own sponsors, and not being tied down to a a company because I knew the company would change my love for the thing for the for the broadcast so that's for, that's the best example I can think of especially recently that I wasn't even thinking about this creative process it just dawned on me oh wow I attached a bunch of energy positive energy to this thing because I knew I loved to do it and then it came to me. There are many examples of people who have utilized the creative process just intuitively, and that's basically what you did. You said, I'm searching, I'm searching. What is it that I really want to do? And then finally you said, well, this is <clears throat> excuse me. This is what I really love to do. This is what it felt like. You and then were you actually, can't stop thinking about it. Then you're just like repeating it over and over in your head. Right, and so you're giving it that repetition, and you're staying with it. You're staying focused on it and an opportunity shows up. So things start popping up as a result of your focus on that, which would not have popped up. There's another thing from a biology standpoint, which is called a reticular activator. I was just gonna say that, yeah. You know, that's within each of us. And if you looked at all of the potential interactions that we have in the course of a day, there's no way that you could keep up to it. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're constantly filtering out and, and sorting our reticular activator needs something to work on. Mm-hmm. It needs that folks, it needs that image, it needs that goal. The minute it knows what that is, in your case radio, it starts filtering out things that are unrelated and starts 
bringing those things that are related so that you see them. I think the easiest easiest example of that is you want a new car. There's a car out there. You want it so badly. You love that car. You'll start seeing it all over the place. You'll see that thing every time on the road. You'll see it everywhere you go. It's like, how many of these cars are there? There was the Honda HRV or the CRV, and I, I, I really thought about getting one of those for a while. And I still to this day, I never got one, but I still to this day see them all over the place. I'm like, oh, there's CRV. Like, it's like every time I drive somewhere, I see one. But I don't even notice any other car. And, and, the, and that's a biological thing that can work for us, but it needs a vision. Mm-hmm. It needs an image. It needs a goal. So when you give it that vision, that image, that goal, and then you bring the emotion to it, and so that allows it to vibrate at a higher level. And then, you know, it's just a matter of now creating that mental model around it. What exactly? What are the all the different uh, features do you want on that, whether it's a house or a car or whatever it is you're looking for. And if it's a house, then, okay, how are we going to do that? How do we build that blueprint? What are the steps going to be? What's the sequence? Step one, step two, step three, step four. And you're going to see opportunities show up for you to make those steps more expeditiously. So if you're saying with the reticular activating system, like say the car is an example, you see that car everywhere. So you've activated that piece of the puzzle, but I guess a lot of people think like, well, I just want it. I don't know how I'm gonna get it. So they don't ever take, perhaps they don't take the next step to build the blueprint. Yes. That's the, that's, and that's like, that's the biggest piece of the puzzle. What do I need to do? You know, how am I gonna pay for it or, you know. And then that's when all of those negative thoughts. All the things that come into it, but they need the same same kind of attention. Visualize. So I guess in that moment, and this has happened to me a million times, you know, in that moment when you're, the blueprint is when you start having those ideas of how can I get it? And if you're like me, that's when all the thoughts of coming in, you don't make that much money. How are you gonna make that much money? There's no way you could ever afford that car. Just forget about it. Just And then you beat yourself out of the game before well, you even start. if you allow that to take over, yes. And then so that's a, when you gotta step in. So now you've neutralized that. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to do use the same process to create whatever the resources are that you need in order to accomplish that goal. And then you have to understand that it's really not up to you; it's up to time, right? It, you, yes. It's not. It's not designed and built on your timetable. No, it has its own timetable of how much energy and effort you're going to put in. A baby takes nine months. Nine months, mm. regardless. Sometimes they come a little bit early. Sometimes a little bit late, yeah. but the seed was planted. Nine months later, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't know what that incubation period is. We don't always know. Yeah, because it's timeless. It could be instant. Right. For some people, it is, and you might see that. Yes. And be like, from somebody else, and you're like, how'd that happen to them? Right. Or why did it happen to them and not in me? And now you're right back into the same old pattern. Right. And then you have to work that plan. Once you put that plan together, then you have to work that plan mm-hmm. and follow that plan. And yeah, and, and be mindful of it on a be daily. Be mindful of that and stay with, stay with the concept. Have you ever, do you have, uh, I, I never, I don't know if I ever asked you this or if I, I never showed me one. Do you have a, um, like a dream, what do they call it? A, a vision map or a, why can't I think of the term? 
You a put all the things you want and you look at them. A vision board. A vision board. <laughs> yeah. Anything like that, anything like that can work. Yeah. But you have to work it. You know, I mean, you know, if you're anything that's going to be help you keep that at a conscious level so that you're you're not subverting what you've already the message you've already communicated. Mm-hmm. If you've communicated if you've communicated the image, and here's a key point. We think we throw it out there in the universe. That's not what we do. We communicate it to our subjective mind mm-hmm. and let the subjective mind do the work. It's different because it's limitless. So when you submit it to the subjective, subjective mind, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm maybe I'm not even fully understanding that piece of the puzzle. So when you're throwing it out to the universe, that's not what you're doing. You want to put it into your subjective mind first. So you're activating this part of your mind that creates the suggestion. You can you you you're really communicating it to your divine self, the subjective mind. The subjective mind is the pathway to the universal mind. Mm, okay. That's the pathway. So you're not putting it in the universe. You're putting it into your subjective mind. Okay. You're creating that image. We're using we're using this as a way for you to see, you know, that you're communicating it into the etheria and then which is limitless, and then it's gonna begin to manifest itself. But the 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 pathway to get there is through your subjective subjective mind. Yeah, you really have to. I need a graphic. I feel like we've done a good job of explaining this, better than I thought we were going to be able to. So it was going to be <laughs> difficult. But I think anybody listening who's like skeptical, maybe they've watched The Secret. Because I remember watching The Secret and being like, "Oh, please, this is ridiculous." And from what I can remember of that, they lay, they leave out the part where you put all of the work in, right? You can't just sit there and think about it. That's a piece of the puzzle, but you really have to put the work in to making it happen. Like when the oper- you got to recognize the opportunities. If yep. you don't recognize those opportunities that come you up in your real physical it, I mean, life, opportunities, you have to act on the opportunities. And then you must actually act on them. Yes. Those are the key pieces of the puzzle. Like the opportunities there, if you let it pass by, then that thing you wanted to happen might not happen or it could still happen it's just going to take longer because now you're you're ignoring the things that it's throwing at you and I think that's where that might be where the definition of the word procrastination comes from you maybe have these things that you know are the right things that you need to do you know those things are going to move you in a good direction but for whatever reason procrastination steps in and then causes you to not do those things that would have continued that process of idea to concept to material. I think faith plays a role in the faith and the belief in the process, you know, because if you lack that faith, then what's going to happen is doubt and fear is going to come in. And when doubt and fear comes in, the doubt and fear is, is also non-material. It's non-form. So it has, it has the ability to have the same impact on the, on the, on the, on the subconscious or on the, on the subjective mind. Mm-hmm as the image the idea has because mm-hmm. it's nothing more than an image. Fear doesn't exist. It's only an idea. It's only a, a thought. It's, it, 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 there's no material. It's, a, it's an emotion. 
It's not necessarily yeah. a real no thing that is a part of you. No, it's, just, it's not physical. Yeah. So it, it's really an illusion. It's a, something we manifest in our own mind. It exists in the ego. The ego creates the fear. Yeah, and the fear is good. If you're walking down a dark alley at night and you see somebody with, you know, a knife or something like that, like you're going to need that fear. But it's just it pops up in situations where it doesn't need to be. If you step off the curb and you hear squealing brakes, I mean, you know, you should probably not stop and calculate. You should probably react. Yeah. There's no pause there. No, no pause. Get off the street, you know. But I guess in our <laughs> get off the damn street. But in our situation, or in most people's situations throughout life, fear pops in when it doesn't need to, and we we uh, I guess are addicted to it. Right? We're addicted to it, and we become paralyzed by it. Yeah, the fight or flight. Well, I, can't, I can't do that. And not only that, it's toxic to the body. Yes. It also creates toxins in the body and stress. It's which is the number one health issue that everybody deals with. And actually, I have this written down from when we talked about this last week. You had said that living in stress and living in the fight or flight hinders the creative process. All energy then is used uh, to merge with, oh, and then all of your energy is used to manage that stress and fear. So, stress and fear will get in the way. And then you're taking all of that energy that you could be using to move yourself towards that thing, and that energy is now just fighting off stress, fighting off fear. And plus the fact that you've neutralized... And now you've slowed down your the, whole process. The input, yeah. You may have nullified it. So it's like then you got to start no, over from... No, it's, it's starting all over again. But the, what a wonderful process. Fantastic. Who wants to be stressed and fearful? Nobody. No. Nobody likes that. No. So you know that you don't want to have that feeling. Nobody likes to have that feeling on a continuous basis. Yet you may live in that on a daily basis. So the more you can be mindful of, hey, I need to not feel this way as much. What are the steps I'm going to take to not feel this way? Meditation's one. Yes. Just just recognizing, mm -hmm. oh, I feel fearful right now. How can I, how can I swap this out for another emotion? Well, I think when you're not fearful, you can think of things that you want to replace that with when you are fearful. Yeah. No, how do I want to feel? I want to feel like this. I want to feel like this. I want to feel like this. So you can have those mantras in your head. You can create them ahead of time. Right. So now when you get into a fearful situation, that's not like me. That's you not know, who that's I am. That's just a program. That's not who I am. I don't know that's that just person. A program. Yeah. This is who I am. I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. Yeah. And so we, we have the ability to influence that because our subconscious is very susceptible and very sensitive to suggestion. Mm -hmm. And that's been, as I said earlier, that's been proven over and over again through the process of hypnosis. We know how susceptible the subjective mind is to suggestion. And I think one of the, what you said about kids being, you know, kids are more tapped into this than anybody. So I'll use my son Max as an example. He's four and kids get scared at night in their bedroom. Things get he'll get worried about. He saw a shadow, or he'll he tells me sometimes like I'm afraid I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a nightmare, Dad. I'm, I'm afraid I'm gonna fall asleep and have a nightmare. So he'll be, he'll be afraid of being afraid. <laughs> so, and I, I I the thing I found that works the best I'll go in and we'll I won't even acknowledge what he said. I'll just start talking about a really fun time that we have had in the past that was really like fun, funny, entertaining, whatever. And then, you know, maybe a minute into talking about that, we're laughing, we're talking about all the moments that happened in that moment. And in that, the fear is gone. 
So like yeah. you've now you've swapped out this irrational fear for a, a really good memory and then attached all the emotions that came with that memory that automatically nullify the fear. Yeah, because and it's gone. if you give it attention, then every, get, whatever you give attention to expands. Yeah, yeah. And we, it's so crazy. When you go back, let's take this full circle then. Like everything is energy. You're giving that fear energy. You're, you're yes. feeding it. It's just like a fire. Exactly. You feed it and it's going to get bigger. You're throwing gasoline on it. Yeah. Right. But we don't. They ignite it. That's it. And, and, and we're, in, <clears throat> we're in the energy. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, there's no way out. There is a way out at some point in time, but you'll still be in the energy. You'll be pure energy at that point. So we're in the game, you know. <laughs> we're, drink, we're drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> we're in the dance. We're doing, because once you're in the energy, you're in the energy, and that's it. There's and no way out of it. So the better we were able to understand. Yeah, that's, and, a, that's a really good point. Boy, we're always in it. It's just how are we utilizing it exactly are we utilizing to benefit ourselves and others now one of the traps we get caught in we think that you know pleasure 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 things of the physical nature right they don't always serve the heart and the soul of this unit mm-hmm. so we have to be very careful if we think that you know, pleasure, pleasure, pleasure items are all the things. But when you're serving, when you're helping somebody else or you're serving or you're making a contribution, those are of those are energy contributions of the heart, mm-hmm. of the soul. And that is totally different. Everybody is striving for happiness in some way, shape, or form. And pretty much everything they do, they think, this is going to make me happy. They do it because they think it's going to make them happy. Even if it's something the, is detrimental to somebody else, they think it's going to make them happy. Not going to happen. Well, I mean, they're usually thinking of happiness in the moment. This is going to give me this momentary happiness. But then maybe not um, consciously they know it's going to wear off. But it's just like doing a drug, right? You're going to get that momentary relief, but then you're going to have to go back and get another. Well, we talked about to that get more relief earlier before we started the dopamine fix. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether it's shopping, whether it's food, whether it's a beverage. Uh, it could be alcohol, it could be gambling, it can be anything. That if you if it gives you that instant high then you're you're going to get that dopamine fix that comes right behind it. So that's going to call for more of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so then you get caught in that, that, you know, that cycle. At the end of here, let's throw out some books that maybe would, would help. So anybody going through this, listening to this, they maybe got to the end of it and they're like, whew, this is great, but I don't know what to do with it. How's it going to stick? I, I would throw out two books off just off my list would be The Untethered Soul was a huge, huge help for me. And um, Dr. Joe Dispenza's uh, Becoming Supernatural is another one. It's been a huge, huge help for me. What would you put on that list? I'm going to throw Power versus Force because Power versus Force is, is very, very, <clears throat> it's in depth. It's a little hard, a little esoteric in some ways, but yet it's very, very insightful. Mm-hmm. And for somebody who really wants to get on the path, I think uh, uh, um, power versus force is a mandatory. 
because it's the, it's that now i have it sitting right beside the other books that i'm finishing it's it's next on the list i wish i could get to it by the time we talked about this but i haven't i haven't gotten there yet and a classic obviously james allen um a man's as a man, as a man thinketh that's yeah. another one that would be on that list for sure and I'm going to toss, yeah, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza's Becoming Supernatural. And, uh, yeah, there's so and many. And I think some on the lighter side would be, what do you say when you talk to yourself? Oh. By Shad Hemstetler. What do you say when you talk to yourself? Yeah, because we're constantly having this conversation with ourselves. And so the, that's a big input. So everything, everything that we think and say to ourselves it turns out to be a suggestion. Yeah. So if you just looked at it from that standpoint, if you say, if everything that I think or say to myself is a suggestion, now it may not all be, but if you think of it that way, mm-hmm. that's pretty That's pretty powerful. And in his book, is, he, you know, he's a psychologist. He's a PhD. He does a pretty good job. I, I, I don't have any uh, economic ties to him, but I am certified as a, as a coach. Um, Shad Hempstetter. So I've read all oh, of his wow. work, and I've been coached by him. He has another book at now. It's called The Power of Neuroplasticity. Wow! And he's really talking about the brain. Yeah. How the how that we can influence uh, how how our brain works. Because our brain is is, is has is, a lot of plasticity. How do you, is that plastic? Like it's moldable. Our, it's our brain moldable. Yeah. It no can matter change. At, at any age, we think like kids can have their minds changed easily. I mean, it is the easiest then. But it is possible at any age in life. We thought early on that there was a beginning and then a maturity and then a deterioration. And that's how we looked at the brain. What neuroplasticity has brought to the table is that that's not true Yeah. at any point in your life. But it takes effort by – it takes initiative by the individual. Right. Someone else can't do it for me. Someone else can't do it for you. you, you have to, we have to do the work individually. Mm-hmm. And so, and 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 he. And this is this is a very powerful read as well. Very cool, Ray. Let's uh, let's wrap this thing up here. Um, th- I think this was really good. I, I got I got some understanding, more understanding out of it. So <laughs> if nobody else understood it, me too. At least I did. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys enjoyed this, please uh, look up find find Ray. Oh, where, where where do they find you at if they want to find you? Well, they can call me on the phone, or they can go to. R. Overdorf at AOL.com, True Advantage Group at uh, Ray at TrueAdvantageGroup.com. And you know you're old school when you have an AOL.com Yeah, that's email. the reason I got off that's, that. That's how you know. <laughs> it's been around too long. O-V-E-R-D-O-R-F-F. right. Thanks, Ray. It's been a pleasure. I hope you dug that as much as I did. I hope you got as much out of it as I did. I hope you understood it. If you didn't understand it, go back and listen to it again. And I wish I would have mentioned this in the beginning, but I forgot. Listen, there's certain books that you need to write down and, and stick to, okay? There's certain books you need to write down right now and stick to. Power versus Force by David R. Hawkins. Power versus Force. Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Okay, Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Those are four books I could say right now off the top of my head that are perfect uh, companions to this podcast. 
If you want those books uh, written out for you and you also want to see the creative process for yourself and the map of consciousness for yourself, this will help you to cement more of what we're talking about in your brain. Go to my Instagram, Rob Z Radio. Instagram, Rob Z Radio. You'll see the creative process. It's a post. It says from episode 399 of the podcast. I posted that on, uh, let's see here. When did I when did I put that up? On the 29th. So, yeah. The 29th, right? I think. <laughs> April 29th of 2019. Okay, April 29th. Go find that post. Thank you to Ray. I can't thank that guy enough. He's helped me so much with so many different things. It's impossible to thank him for everything. Go back and listen to episode 351 with him, 361, 391, and now 399. So cool. DDP Yoga, get it, try it. You can have it on your uh, smartphone, on your tablet, wherever you want to go. DDP Yoga is there changing your life as it's done for me for the past three and a half years. I only promote things on this podcast that I've, I've taken part in, that I believe in, that have impacted me in a great way. Please subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast. Find me on all my social platforms. You can find all of those at robzradio.com. Robzradio.com. The top part right there has all my social links. And please be the teacher you needed when you were younger. Learn things you wish you would have learned many years ago and then take that information and, and teach it to people who are younger so they have that information before they get old. Always serve. Always give value. Thank you to my dude, Jake Over. Jake Over provides all the music on this podcast, the creative process, moving from beta to alpha to theta states, changing your mind, changing your brain. Thanks for listening. The music's fading out. At least I think it is. So I'm going to fade out too. See you guys. Thank you. This is Rob Z Radio.